going to be using the PowerPoint presentation, which uh, I promise won't happen every Sunday. But as I was preparing, really, you never do this one. Good, yay. As I was preparing the sermon this week and had my thoughts together, it just seemed appropriate for what I wanted to talk about. And what I wanted to talk about was this. Paul's statement that we should glorify God in our bodies. He said not to become members of a prostitute. Now, there is the um, literal part of that, that we're not supposed to have sex with prostitutes. Um, and that, I mean, that means we're not supposed to objectify someone either, right? That we're going to take a human being and say, cool, object for my pleasure. Here's some money. You pleasure me as objects that I, and, and as I can, right? That we would take human beings and make them objects of our visual and physical pleasure. But there's also the long-standing um, prophetic tradition of referring to idolatry or running after other gods as prostitution. The nation of Israel would go after prostitutes, meaning they would go after these other gods. And so there's, there's that double meaning there. The literal and the don't turn away from your faith and run after other gods as that thing that would fulfill you. So this, I was thinking this week about the prostitute of perfection. That there's so much in our society today that we feel that we need to be perfect in whatever area or aspect of our life. Or we feel that the world needs to be perfect, and if something's not, we're mightily upset about it. Um, and so I was looking particularly today as a couple examples of this as our bodies. What Paul was talking about. Glorify God in our bodies. We heard in the Psalms today that we are wonderfully and marvelously made. That God created our inmost parts when we were in our mother's womb. And yet, if we look at the messages from society, our bodies are not even worthwhile if they're not airbrushed perfection. I was going to get pictures from magazine covers for these images of airbrushed perfection, but all of the dudes were uh, shirtless and all of the ladies were in bras and panties. So, I didn't think that would be completely appropriate for church. But, we got movie stars on the red carpet here. Um, photos here that are probably also airbrushed for perfection. God forbid, what, you know, whatever that means. But we've taken people and made them objects of desire. And why do we do this, really, in like magazines and movies and all this? Why do we really, why do they really have these perfect images so that we will feel badly about ourselves enough to buy whatever products they're selling to make us think that we're not beautiful enough to be acceptable to other people? That's why, that's why we have these magazine covers and everything, so we will feel like crud about ourselves and buy stuff. Yeah, more beautiful people. Nothing wrong with the people here, but just the way these people's images are used to make us feel like crud about ourselves, like our bodies have to fit in some mold, whereas if I don't have a six-pack half, which I don't and probably never will, because I sure as heck don't want to work that hard or eat that little to get them, that if I don't have that, I'm somehow less worthy as a human being than those that are. But God says that I am wonderfully and marvelously made, as are we all. So I was thinking, what are, other than objects of visual affection, of visual stimulation, what are our bodies good for? Why should we love them? 
because our bodies do all kinds of wonderful things. They work at keeping people alive, from babies to victims of, you know, whatever, I don't know what happened to that guy. Maybe he had a heart attack. Um, maybe he was beaten up. We don't know. But our bodies help keep people alive. Our bodies do the mundane tasks that we have at work uh, as a bank teller or as folks. I don't know that that's awful mundane, really, but it sure seems to next to the glamour of the magazine covers. Um, guys working in a chemical plant, folks at a checkout line, both buying groceries and helping people to buy groceries, school teachers, kids in school, things that our bodies do without airbrush perfection. Our bodies also play. Got kids playing soccer, some musicians. A little kid, like, looking at this lady playing guitar, like, that's so cool, I love music. No airbrushing here. We do yoga. I think that's Daniel Kubaka. Um, I looked up fishing in Matagorda and, uh, and found that. So, um, But, yeah, we do all kinds of things with our bodies that don't involve any kind of silly, perfect image. We care for our families. Aren't they cute? This wonderful couple with their three kids in a perfectly manicured living room. I love it. It's wonderful. We also care for our families with the crying baby. And uh, I think that's apple juice he's drinking in the wine glass. Um, we got the apple juice right there. So, But the parents are asleep with the gold. Yeah, that's what life is like for us. We care for our families in crazy ways. Um, oh, wait. Darn. Just a sec. We, uh, there's a video I'm going to show here about this thought that we have to be perfect. I saw this a while ago and thought it's hysterical, so I'm going to show it now. The sound will hopefully work-ish.
that. None of us have it all together. And, uh, but we do sometimes feel that we have to at least look like we do. And that's kind of the trap that Nathaniel fell into when it came to Jesus as the Messiah. I'm thinking Nathaniel was expecting Jesus to be super awesome guy in the clouds arm wrestling Satan, or this awesome warrior built up with armor, and uh, whatever we got, we got uh, Samson killing a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of an ox. How awesome would that be for a Messiah? Or even better, a couple of superheroes. Come on, Captain America as Jesus would be totally awesome. And compared with that, a Jewish carpenter from Nazareth just seems kind of lame. That's where Nathaniel's mind was. What, can, what good can come out of Nazareth? Um, and Jesus then says, yeah, I'm from Nazareth. Yeah, I just work with wood and make stuff. But here's the deal. You're going to see angels descending and descending upon the Son of Man. Meaning me. Now, there are allusions there to... Does anyone know what that alludes to in Scripture? Jacob's ladder. Right? Jacob had this dream. Uh, Jacob, who would become Israel, the father of all of the nation of... Alright, good. And Jacob had this dream where he saw angels ascending and descending from heaven to earth on a ladder. Well, Jesus is saying that he will then become like that ladder, right? There's this term, not actually found in Scripture, kind of like the Trinity, not in there, but derived from there, called Shekinah. It means presence, or indwelling, or um, habitation. Um, and Shekinah is this imminent presence of God with us. And because we don't believe God is remote, we believe God is right here with us. And so there's this connection kind of thing of viewing this idea of God in the heavens and we on the earth, when God is actually everywhere, but it's a way of seeing that visually seeing that way of God being with us. And so Shekinah is that indwelling presence of God here on earth. And that's what Jesus is claiming to be. That connection to God. That the angels will come down when we call on angels for help. They come through Jesus. And when we pray, our prayers go to God through Jesus, through this Shekinah indwelling presence of God. And like Jesus not being Captain America, but a Jewish carpenter from Nazareth, from the outside, from the magazine cover standpoint, a huge disappointment. We, too, don't have to be perfect in any kind of silly sense of the word, or any sense of the word, really. For Jesus was checking up to connect us to God. We just have to be who we are. And if we're trying to be something other than what we are, trying to mask anything within us, oh no, I'm perfect, well those angels ascending and descending are going to be going somewhere else. Right? They're going to be going to this silly, unreal, perfect, non-existent version of ourselves instead of to the truth of ourselves, which is often kind of a mess. That's who we are. That's who we have been wonderfully made knit within our mother's wombs by God for Jesus who was just a little carpenter from Nazareth to connect who we truly are to God that we may glorify God in our bodies 
not in an airbrushed version of our bodies or ourselves or our lives, but in a true version of ourselves. Just like Jesus lived a true life. And brings us to God as we are. Amen.